Welcome to Numb Bills Fan Podcast for episode number 150. Uh, I've been told to call this the Not For Nothing Numb Bills Fan Podcast because not for nothing, I do not for nothing, say not for nothing a lot. So I'm your host, David Palermo, and right now I want to remind everybody we're brought to you by PunchDrunkSports.com. Please check out Sports and check out their podcast. They have a podcast network coming out. And it's pretty sweet, and we are a part of it. Three comedians, and they're all from L.A., Sam Tripoli, well, in L.A., Ari Shafir, and uh, Jason Tebow. And Ari Shafir is actually in New York City and kind of goes back and forth, but whatever. So Ari Shafir has a special double negative. Check it out. It is up on Netflix. It's really rad. It's awesome. Sam Tripoli has a tinfoil hat podcast, which is really getting me to question everything ever I ever thought I'd know. And also, Jason Tebow's on the NFL Red Zone, or I should say the DirecTV Red Zone channel, and he was on our podcast a couple podcasts ago, so please um, check those guys out. Great stuff from them. If you'd like unfiltered sports takes, please go check it out. Um, as always, follow Numbills Fan everywhere, numbillsfan.com. You can follow us along on Instagram, on Twitter, also along on Facebook. A lot of good stuff coming up on the Facebook especially. So please, there's some good stuff coming into works. Make sure you check it out. And if you're wondering how long am I going to babble for, probably another minute. So just go with your little clicker thing up a minute. So uh, lastly, brought to you by Grandstand Sports Network, the best view in sports. Check it out, grandstandsportsnetwork.com. Uh Awesome radio all day long, sports radio, great podcast, and you got the Lockdown franchise. Check out Lockdown Bills, awesome. Kevin Masseri's on all the time. We've had Nate Geary on. Shout out to Nate, love Nate, and uh, Aaron Quinn over there too, who we've been in talks with. So Aaron, shout out to you uh, for making content and doing your part, making this all go. So check Lockdown Bills podcast. Got to actually. We'll get into it. So um, I'm going to set this up. Wish I had some kind of music. The podcast is starting now. Um, there was a victim who was lucky enough to talk to me. On, uh, as in like, actually, I was lucky enough to have somebody leave a review. And uh, the iTunes review for the podcast. And his name is Rodney Schuler. And on the line is Rodney. So hold Rodney. Are you there, dog? Oh wait, oops. Hold on, let me turn your channel on. All <laughs> right. <laughs> so what's good, man? You know, just all pro podcast. Absolutely, bro. <laughs> so um Rodney had a five star review and you know, he's been a big supporter of the podcast. I had to ask him along. And um so he was the victim of Jesus, Rodney. What the fuck is going on right now? Sorry, dude. My dogs are going nuts. Oh my god! All right, Jesus. All I right. shouldn't have used God's name in vain like that. I'm gonna go to hell. Uh, sorry about that, dude. Do you want to like go back and like start over or something? Or? No, we're going to let this nah. roll because this we'll is funny as fuck. So, right. <laughs> roll live, bro. Roll live. All right. <laughs> so, essentially, the setup is Rodney got to win a seat to the game to sit next to me. And Rodney was great because he got to see Drunk Dean from phase one all the way to phase six. I don't know what happened to phase three and four, but <laughs> I included phase one, two, five, six. And um, I don't know. What did you think about your day? You showed up. I was waking up from my girlfriend's house like, all right, shit, I'll get home at 7.20. Rodney will be here at 7.30. Shit, that's like a half hour earlier than thought. I thought he'd need more time. And um, long story short, dude comes in, and um, he's waiting at my house. Lights on, and I'm like, shit. So um, how was your drive? Where did you come from, Rodney? Yeah, dude. No, thanks for having me out, man. Uh, it was a real good time. Um I came from uh, this town called Johnstown, New York. It's about like an hour, 
Well, I mean, from you guys, like I'd say an hour west east of Utica, like an hour west of uh, Albany. So that was about like three hours. So I just, yeah, you know, got up at like 4 a.m., hit the road and got there around 7.30 or so, man. Okay. And uh, what, were your yeah, yeah. First, what were your first impressions when you walked into the White Trash Mansion? Dude, it was a fantastic place, man. Like, your dogs are rad as hell. Like, I dig the renovations, you know. The room with a wall of amps and a drum kit, like, in your living room. Like, that's my kind of place, man. So I felt like, like you know, it's right at home there. I'll be honest. I picked the easiest person that I think could tag along. And, uh, <laughs> you know, we've shot the shit about music and stuff and a lot. And, uh, like I told you before, you're you're the guy where... If I was out of town and my band had to get out of town, vice versa, we'd sleep on each other's couches. Like, yo, dude, come hang out. Okay, shit. All right, I got a spot for you. You know, and it's like, I don't know. I think that's like that with Bills fans in general, too. So it was cool to get to know you. And it really didn't feel like uh, it felt like the same people that I've hung out with for years. So it was pretty, it was pretty rad, you know? Yeah. Yeah, dude. No, I, I, absolutely, man. Feelings mutual. Like, um, Totally, like, it definitely did, like, riding to the game in the van with, like, you know, all your friends, like, uh, Dean, Jeff, and Bob, like, everybody's, like, all been in bands and stuff before, too, so it just kind of had that same, just, like, going to the gig in the van kind of deal, you know, um, no, nah, man, it was, it was a, it was a real cool time, like, yeah, everybody was Dean, Dean's cool. awesome, man, like, he, he <laughs> let me in, like, his band for some reason, I don't know why, and, um, and, and, like, Jeff hasn't ever really played much, but he's, you know, he's the guy that will that put out Dean's band. He put out uh, this band called The Weight We Carry, a seven inch for them, and he put out uh, a seven inch for this band I was in called Borrowed Time. And um, you know, he puts his money where his mouth is, and not a lot of people would do that. And you know, he's a homeowner, he's a winner. You know, I, I hate to say it like win or lose, but it's like he's a good influence to hang out with because he's somebody that, for me, I can keep myself in check. You know, and it's like. I always joke yeah. with Jeff, like amongst the Bills fans that of uh, fans we have amongst our group of friends, like Jeff's the accountant, you know, like how are we gonna afford Darius, you know? And it's like <laughs> you gotta have that guy. So, you know, for me to, I never had the balls to send out press kits because I didn't have confidence in what I was doing, which is stupid, because I didn't think that anybody would want to invest fifteen hundred into my band, you know, or any band I was in. Not, you know, don't we see mine or theirs? It's like. Just, I don't know, like, did we have a good team for them to put out the record or not? And it's like, for a guy like Jeff to take a chance like that, that's huge, man. That's like a bunch Dude. of mortgage payments, a bunch of sitting up at night, putting shit together. Absolutely, man. Like, yeah, I checked out uh, Dean's band, too, The Weight We Carry. They're pretty badass. I dug it. Um, and, uh, and definitely, dude, like, people like Jeff and, like, Guys who, like, do that kind of stuff, they're, like, what keep, like, the music scene alive. Like, they help keep bands, like, out there doing stuff, you know, being able to support themselves in some way and, like, booking shows. And it's just, like, a lot of thankless shit that they have to go through, too, to do it, you know? And, like, and you usually end up losing money on shit, too, you know? So it's definitely mad respect for that. Yeah, man, it's a losing battle, dude. Like, <laughs> it's, you know, it, bands are expensive. You got to deal with, mem you know, members. And, <laughs> and it's, like, everybody is their own person. And, you know, I'm not necessarily the easiest person to work with, but I try to at least strive to be objective, but sometimes it's even hard, you know, uh, right. yourself. So it's like, you know, you have to really work as a team. So it's like, you know, that's, you kind of realize when you do other projects who you appreciate, you know? So, mm -hmm. Ryan, sure, is man. that ice right now, dude? Yeah, yeah. Are sorry, you, like, man. thinking that people are listening to this or, like, <laughs> dude, <laughs> I'm sorry, shit. I've, I've I've like never like I was shitty in the studio a eh? and like be like I've just never been on a podcast. No so I apologize. I'm, shit, have I'm, you ever I'm fucking to a, up all the etiquette. Have you ever listened to a podcast and were like, man, what the fuck is that guy doing right now? You, you know what I mean? Like You're eating fucking chips. What you doing next? Jesus, do you want to take off some whipped cream or something too? I might. I might. All right, I'm good. I'm good now. All right, dog. So, um. So, anyways, you end up riding with the Misfits. I don't know Bob too well, but I met Bob over uh, probably, I've known him, I don't know, for like 11, 12 years. Don't know him too well. He's a super cool dude, though, because he'll come out to our shows. 
And, you know, for Dean to let me in his band was the biggest mistake of his life. So I... Because <laughs> he fucking helped make an egomaniac. So thanks, Dean. And, um, you know, he's just a, a guy that you're in a band with. And for years, he's just, like, a good dude past the band. You know, like, he's there to help mm -hmm. you move. He's there to help you out. I don't know. Just try to surround ourselves with good people. So you just seem like that. But, you know, riding up... T, yeah, are you really gonna be near that dog right now? <laughs> I'm not. I'm in a whole separate room. They're just going nuts at the door. So. Oh my god! <laughs> it's like a studio apartment too. So it's. Oh my god. Okay. So, what were your thoughts when we pulled up to the game? Like the van ride. How was the van ride? First impressions right out the gate. Were you like, "This is fucked up," or you're like, "Nah, this feels this feels natural." No, dude, like totally natural, right? It was just like, like I said, it was just like hanging out with people who just felt like, you know, old buds and just like having some road soda and talking about the bills and like, you know, just our experiences with the team, like in the season and things like that, you know, expectations, like not saying the playoff word or anything like that, you know, it was, it was, it was a good time. And then like, you know, and you guys, we pulled up, I like, I dug the parking situation and then... The walk on in, like, you know, it was a good tour through all, like, the tailgates and shit, which is, like, honestly, like, one of my favorite parts of the whole experience, you know? It's just, it's like going to church, kind of, you know? You go to the stadium, you're around all the people, everybody's just there to just fucking, you know, cheer on the bills, and, like, we all want that same thing. It's just, you know, have a good time and watch our team. Yeah, totally, and I thought, um, what I thought was right is we got, and I, and I didn't get to meet him in person either, but we actually got to meet Eric Turner from Cover One, and uh, his group of friends, you know, uh, they felt like, you know, people I knew before, you know. So it, it it's like, I don't know, it, it was really nice to, I had a very, like, good time just, uh, honestly, as corny as it sounds, like connecting with people this weekend. And, you know, knowing that the people you work with, you can be face-to-face -face with them and know you can work with them. And because uh, I put a lot of trust in, in Eric because he, he pretty much – Man support there at Grandstand Sports Network, and, and he's on to something very, very, very good. And to be able to represent that network on the sidelines and essentially represent him, you know, that affords me access to kind of know what the hell I'm talking about to a point. You know, whether I say some shit out of my mouth or not, it's like without the help of a guy like Eric, it's not happening. You know, he's the one guy who's like, oh, I've been listening since the beginning. I believe your shit. It's like an Opie and Anthony version, version kind of fucking sports talk. Oh, okay. Well, sweet. Like, thank you. Like, very flattering. Like, I, I don't know. I just don't agree with what's out there. So it's like for Eric to put the X's and O's to takes and and offer that confirmation at like, no, this is it or this is it, or at least give you a more educated guess is great mm -hmm. when you want to have an objective conversation about the Bills and not rely every conversation on who's the quarterback going to be because frankly Eric Turner he puts in a lot of work man so to meet him and connect with everybody connect with you is my overall point you, it doesn't get better than that and then I got to show you the red pencil tailgate real quick we did miss the festivities but um you know, you at least got to see the setup. So what'd you think about that with the Pinto and Dude, it was it was awesome. I'll admit it was a bit blurry at that point, you know. I I, I was I was pretty deep into a few drinks, but um like it was it was pretty awesome though, man. Like just getting to see the whole setup. Like it's you know, it's kind of again, this one of these it's like you're taking a pilgrimage to the stadium. You got to go see these certain like shrines to the bills, you know, that are out there. And one of those is like the red pinto tailgate. Right. So no, man, it, it was, it was just really cool to be in it, man. How did you like, I think it was pulled pork or pulled pork sandwich from, uh, oh, yeah. Nick pops dad there. Dude, that was sick. I do remember that very clearly. It was like juicy, delicious, just a little pulled pork slider, just like shoved in my hand and it was great. It was great, dude. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's awesome, man. Like, they got the bowling ball shot set up thing, and it's like, you know, maybe you're not into doing shots or partying or whatever, but, like, at least there's options to the people who want to, and, you know, you're going to find good people there, and there's always going to be chaos. I mean, I just love to see shit go down. 
So why not? And then it's like, it, it's just like the one day a week that people get to go fuck it. And it's eight yeah. times a year at home because there's no damn Toronto game. And I love to see, to see people go fuck it. We're Bills fans. We're not going to get into fights. We're here on the same team. It's a very rare moment where you can have all those people and not have much drama. But if there is, it's going to be funny as hell. <laughs> you know? And uh, you know, and it's like you're going to see people who you don't see drunk, drunk. And it's like, finally, you let go. This is great. You know? Mm-hmm. like So, um, yeah. It was... It's kind of weird because I'm not really a drinker, as you can tell. Like I don't, right. I'd rather just like rip Mad Balls and like fucking walk in there, frankly, and yeah, yeah. kind of be hyper tuned to what's going on and mm. relax. So, um, so dude, like we get into the game. What'd you think? Like right off the bat, like uh, overall experience as um, far as like like did you like the seats? Were they okay? Did you um, did you like the setup, the weather? Like how how'd you feel in there? Yeah, dude, like, those seats are, like, some of the best seats ever, to be honest. Like, you know, you don't pay too much, and you just get, like, such a good view of the field. Like, it's not too far away. You can see exactly, like, where the ball is and stuff, you know, but you get to see, like, like the whole 22 kind of view of the field, you know. Um, it was awesome. The people sitting around there were great. The weather was, like, crazy, like, warm. It was nice, you know. Um, yeah, it was, it was just, like, a real good football day, like, I, late I, October, you know. Our section is uh, 331, row 6. Um, row seats 21, 22, I believe. They're like 6 off the aisle, 5 and 6 off that aisle right there. So closer to the edge. And um, so the view, I believe, is like the 15-yard line on the bill side towards the head and mm-hmm. kind of towards the corner. And, and, you know, on the opposite corner even, it's not bad. And so... My goal when I got those tickets was to be as close to the railing as possible. So you have like a solid view because the whole story is I tell my friends all the time is I used to be like a snooty snob, like, oh, fuck that. I work. I make some money. I'm a big drywall guy. Big drywall guy. You know, like freaking thinking I'm like some baller or some dumb shit. So I would always be a snob and get the tickets in the lower bowl. And I've sat in the rock pile when I was younger, but I didn't pay too much attention to the atmosphere. And, um, you know, so one time randomly, like seven years ago, I was like, fuck it. I'm going to get seats just off a scalper. And I got them off a scalper. And I sat like on the 50 yard line about like, I think maybe, shoot, 15 rows up from the center. And I was like, huh, I see everything here. I see all the all the formations i see the open receivers i see everything and then when i got my seats for 331 i wanted them as low to the railing as possible to almost give it or i wanted as high back up in the bowl lower bowl as possible but the mm-hmm. Kelly Club yeah. is really that inner ring is freaking perfect but i can't afford that so my tickets were out to i think 85 bucks a piece and you know you kind of can't beat that it's a good view where i do get a little pissed shout out to anybody who listens from the stadium or anything i'm sure the bills have a pr department so uh you know if anybody's listening pass it on the line um it's not really a good look to have season tickets and then have three TVs and two of them working while you're sitting in line to pay five fifty for a Mountain Dew, which I understand is a deal, okay, compared to other places, but that stuff costs you like ten cents. Stop it here. Okay, we already spent eighty five dollars. You can get me there, but if we're spending eighty five dollars, I would like to at least watch a damn game. And if the TV don't work, well, you better make it look like the TV was never there in the first place. So I have nothing to get pissed off about. <laughs> but, I mean, if you want to call me, my services are Bringing On Home Incorporated, uh, David Palermo. So Dave at numbillsfan.com is an email that works for you. And I will gladly come there and I can give you an estimate for free. I will drive to Buffalo Orchard Park one bills drive and uh, give you an estimate how much it would cost to install new TVs. If you would like to subcontract your services to me, that is fine. I'm sure there's many stadiums to take care of that, but I'm telling you for 
85 dollars a fucking ticket it's a lot of money excuse my french but it clearly pinches a nerve and i have three of them and if a friend bails last minute from going to the game which has happened unfortunately um it kind of sucks and you got to eat it so for me it's like okay let's keep this truck moving and yeah that's about it i got for the stadium experience but um dude yeah, man. I'd, nah, rant, I mean, I'd rant on that, so. <laughs> no, for sure, for sure. Like, the only other stadium I have to compare it to is uh, Heinz Field, but it's it's way nicer. Like, the view in there, like, you can get from the seats you had, they're just like, you know, it, I don't know, it feels like more close in and stuff, you know, it's a good, good place. Yeah, I, I, I love it. Um, and come to find out in the upper sections, people know more about sports, they're more into it up there. Um, and the biggest misconception was I thought they get in season tickets. I would be around everybody who's like super dedicated. When I was a kid and somebody said they had season tickets, I was like, oh my golly, (laughs) season tickets. You're like Richie Richie, you know, you go to every sporting event. Cause as a kid, it's like, I would just marvel at like architecture of stadiums and I love, you know, history of sports. And so, um, Anyways, what'd you think about the game? Some quick thoughts on that. And then, um, you know, if you want to go a little bit on some upcoming games, I know you said you had some thoughts on that, but no, the game was a heart wrenching game against Tampa Bay. Um, yeah. (laughs) Second quarter, I was like losing my mind. Like, where is the offense here? And I was even on Twitter telling you like, well, you're next to me. Like, dude, I got to post this. Like I'm livid. And then when the bills start doing good, I don't post shit. You know, and I was guilty about that one that day. But it's like, yo, what is up with this offense? And it's like statistically, Rodney, the Bills look great on offense. I just thought that, honestly, situationally, it wasn't great. And, I, and would you agree with that? Or do you think it was more like I'm overreacting here? The offense, no. I mean, like, yeah, going into the first end of the first half, dude, like, I was with everybody like what the what the hell man like we left like at least 13 points out there for it you know so I was I, I was real nervous going into the second half but um I, I mean I don't know for me the, the positive thing that I, I I take from it though is that the team the offense hung in there you know and like was able to like, even make a comeback you know like they stayed steady like Tyrod doesn't seem like a guy who gets like rattled by stuff easily you know he doesn't really like lose his cool he, he moves on to the, he moves on to the next play yeah, and um, and I think I think that was like really crucial in this game. And the you know, defense kind of did the same thing. I mean, they really they didn't play their best at all like this season. They got you know, um, Tampa was able to score on them pretty well, but you know they hung in there and st- were still making plays like right up to the end when it really counted and ended up winning us the game. So um, it, it was it was it was a heart wrenching game. That last play was like ridiculous. You know, with the lateral passes passes remember where Jordan Poyer got hurt like. That was stupid, but yeah, I was um, going, I was going crazy. I couldn't. <laughs> I mean, we were like, "Is this really happening?" No, they're not. Because I think about the Sean Jackson, and I think about that that return against mm-hmm. the Giants, where <laughs> Coughlin's head looks like uh, a, a fucking tomato was just gonna explode. I in in just obliterate everybody in the stadium, and uh, you know, and I will never forget that moment. Of Deshaun Jackson, just like that, that return that shouldn't have been a return for a touchdown, and and it's like it would only happen to the Bills, you know. And it yeah. sucks we say that, but it's like it would only happen to the Bills. But it didn't. But it didn't this time, right? And, it, and, it didn't. And, and, we didn't and, get the stupid penalties either, you know. Like it was. So there was some crazy stat, right? That uh, I'm gonna misquote it. So. Allegedly, I heard a stat on the John Murphy show with Chris Brown, I believe, on there. So trying to get the credit there. That the Bills have never won a game where they've been down with three points or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you hear that? Like something like that? Uh, like, I, and I've that's 50. That's like, like that somewhere. Yeah. And it's like they've never engineered a win at home in 50 something all the whole time. So. Mm-hmm. Credit to Tyrod Taylor with less than three minutes driving that team down the field quick, okay? Yeah, maybe Tyrod Taylor does need people he can work with, but, like, um, 
Deontay Thompson, they've had a chemistry since an all-star game in high school. If you heard the John Murphy, if you have not checked out the John Murphy interview with Deontay Thompson, with Donald Jones as well, you must check it out. If you don't listen to that show at all, fuck listening to my podcast. God, I'm saying I'm dropping these like Scarface today. But fuck this podcast. Go listen to the John Murphy show. It's the best radio ever, especially with Reuben Brown and Donald Jones. Just picking on each other and and then you know shouting laying on Murph. It's hilarious. It's it's honestly extremely good radio. I I can't. It, it's it's probably my favorite show because I just laugh my ass off. I'm literally having these adult chuckles because I'm I know I could personally fake it for terrestrial radio. I could stay clean if I need to. I stay clean at work. I knock on people's doors and tell them I'm gonna make a mess in their house. And they let me in there, and they let some idiot with a dog tattooed on their hand in their house. How are you looking? So, you know, welcome to America. And and it's like, you know, I had to make a mess. And sometimes messes happen. But, Ronnie, I can at least show up in these people's houses and comfort them to know that everything's going to be okay. And really... When I listen to the John Murphy show, it gives me like it, it makes me not want to flip the table because at least they're giving me a former player's perspective view times two. You're getting good guests on there, um, you know that know what they're talking about, and that's where I had to start with the baseline. If you want a pulse of low hanging fruit, I go with more terrestrial other radio stations you know like you want to you know what's the hot topics you know also check your social media but um you know john murphy gives it to you nice you know what i mean and it's like credit to them for having funny radio because i can fake it to be clean but um not fake it but i can definitely be clean and be professional like they are but they have like good humor like they do naturally it's there's an art to that too like i really find that show very pleasing to listen to and you get good information and you know sometimes you might have to you know maybe you get a tap from the pr department hey you think we could uh maybe uh, downplay this or not talk about that sure but at least it's always a good conversation at the end of the day it's bill's base and you're laughing your ass off like that's how i look at it i don't know do you listen to it regularly uh, rodney um Sometimes I, I have, like in the past, but uh, I'll check out. I haven't listened to it in a while, but I'll check out that uh, Deontay Thompson interview for sure because he, he was like one of the things that like was giving me some like hope too. And like Jordan Matthews is also you know going to be like, like healed up more for the next game and stuff. So I mean, and you know, Raw Dog O'Leary still looking good, man. Like I don't know, we got some. We I think we got some. We can piece something together, maybe. Maybe we'll see how these next few games go. That's that's the big. That's the, the big thing here. What was the, um, you know, in hindsight, thinking about the game, Ronnie, we were going to podcast right after, and then we got back a little bit later than planned. And um, so it's like I'm not as sharp, honestly, on the game as I thought because we, we've been looking forward to Oakland. But I will say what was interesting about this game in hindsight is like, hey, Tyrod Taylor engineered a drive, okay? And they came back. He trusted he bought Deontay Thompson more time, which in the interview, Deontay Thompson was like, you know, looking back on the replay, I didn't realize he bought, he he did all that. And Murph's like, hey, he bought you some time. And, uh, <laughs> and he, it's like, that's something he wanted to do. So, like, right off the bat in his mind was get it to Deontay Thompson. He was so open. And it's like credit to Bills, too, for the, the, the turnovers. But really, um, you know, I was kind of – dropping the deuce in my pants because Tyrod Taylor engineered this drive and, and he doesn't get enough credit. He does not get enough credit. He did not mess up. It was a great game from Tyrod. He did not have turnovers. This offense looked like the offense that we're used to seeing from the Bills in hindsight, right? They were dependable and for the first time, and we talked, I talked about this on a podcast Um a podcast to go or two, I believe last week. And I mentioned that there's going to be a time that this offense needs to bail out the bills defense. And we could say whatever we want. I was arguing with Scott Campbell right next to me. You heard me. I'm like, dude, 
He's like, it's bend, don't break. It's bend, don't break. And I'm like, yep. And they just keep throwing the ball towards the flats and getting a lot of yards. They're getting, a, you know, one guy on them, and he's getting shaken, and there's six yards. And it's like, how, man? Like, what the hell? You know? And it's like the Bills got turnovers. And the mind-boggling thing is the Bills should have had, I thought, literally 13 more points on the board, okay, in that game. Easily 13 possibly 20 and that's what leaves you wondering like they did not have many points off of turnovers i believe three if i'm not mistaken yeah. off of three turnovers three points and all we do is look at turnovers like the end all be all i mean rodney you had to have been shit in your pants right oh yeah dude like i mean that that is that is kind of the challenge right it's like they can't seem to you know turn these into these turnovers into points i mean that's something that's winning this game is, is like you know, they have three turnovers. We have we have none, you know, because Tyrod's not throwing them. Or, like, one this last game. But, like, if the offense can score on them and capitalize on them, then, like, that will be awesome. That will be um, next level. And I, I don't know. They, they might be able to. I think they can still straighten it, straighten it out, you know. Um, you have to think that they're looking at this last week and hopefully, like, learning from it and preparing, like, all right, how can we do better? How can we build on this for the Raiders, you know, because their defense is soft, too. But... I don't know. Sorry, man. I think I totally hijacked that, but. No, 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 no. Honestly, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for, you know, we had a great ride home because we're talking about the game the whole way, and these are the things that we were talking about. We're listening to Nate Geary and um, Chopin the Bulldog and uh, Hilarious. (laughs) uh, What was it? it? Oh, my God. I got a tick on my throat. Uh, What did the guy say? Bulldog smokes pole. That's when he got off the phone or whatever. Hilarious. And then so then uh, then Dean was trying to call up and Dean was drunk and I'm like, yes, this is great because Dean was like level six. And if you're wondering about Dean, this is why you got to get on Instagram. You got to follow Numb Bills fan on Instagram. Just look for hashtag Buffalo Bills and eventually you'll see a Numb Bills fan thing. Okay, so there's a reason for that because I keep up on it. All right, just look for something stupid. Odds are it's Numb Bills fan. Click it. You'll see Drunk Dean live in action about to tackle me, and I don't trust him when he's drunk. And it's like, you know, Dean is like the one guy in a band I've had to physically fucking harm. And it sucks, you know, because I love him. And my friend Scott that sits next to me does not like him at all. And then Scott's dad loves him. Dean! And Scott's like, no. He is a horrible fucking person. I don't like Dean. So I'm always telling Scott, like, nah, man, lighten up on Dean. He's a good guy. He's a homeowner. He's a winner. All right? Just let him go. And then next thing you know, Dean, I'm telling him, yo, man, Scott don't like me. Scott don't really like you, man. He go, I go, be fucking nice. This guy he goes, dude, I am every time. And he's like, he's like, you know you know why he doesn't like me? Why? I go, why? He goes, well, because I went to the game one time in place. You remember? I go, yeah. And he goes, well, I almost got kicked out about three fucking times, so I don't blame him if he thinks I'm a horrible person. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, yeah, so Drunk Dean is definitely a horrible person when he's drunk, and so I don't put it by him for me to get my dumbass tackle while holding my phone in a grass muddy lot. Like, I'm sad. So I, I defended myself, and it's on Instagram. And what did you think about Dean? Dean's a good guy, right? Dude, Dean, Dean's a great dude. Yeah, because, I mean, you know, to be honest, like, I was like, oh, man, is this guy going to be, like, an asshole? But he's really not. You know, like, he's, he's like, so lovable. Dude. He is. He's real, like, he's a real friendly dude. I liked him. Sorry for ruining your reputation, too, Dean. But, you know, he's a, he's a, good, he's a rad dude. He's a rad dude, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then Jeff Knight, he's very calculated, right? You know, oh, Jeff Knight? Oh, yeah. <laughs> a very, very good thought. He's uh, he's like Einstein in that brain, you know? And I, mean, uh, <laughs> I just think he has in his brain, what's up, cocksucker, in his brain all the time, just Joey Diaz. What's up, cocksucker? It's all in his brain is Joey Diaz going off. And, uh, <laughs> oh, man, Rodney. So I had a great time with you, man. I thought it was great bringing to the game. I thought it was a hell of a game to be at, too. I mean, all said and done, to see the offense bail out the defense and, you know, them 
band together and you hear the stories afterwards and i'll be honest the kyle williams afterwards i was at work and i'm saying the drywall and i had tears rolling down my face with like little drywall saying like damn man and i'm like we're, it's like dude that was so like dude like really man come on dude you know so, you, you, like sometimes you wonder like why the fuck do you hang around that long kyle like why like what are you doing and i don't think he's done anytime soon honestly no, like he's He's an animal. He is an absolute animal. He is still the first one off the ball. And putting Darius next to him, unless Darius is asked not to burst off the ball sometimes, which could be true, I don't know. Ask Eric Turner at CoverOne.net. I know I'll forget. Maybe I should write this down. Is Darius slow? Uh, (laughs) Slow. Okay. I'm really going to fucking ask him. I keep swearing. A lot today. So, as you can tell, Kyle Williams, very emotional after the game. And, uh, man, heart-wrenching. Did you hear it, Rodney, or am I just leading you down a path of nowhere? Dude, I, I feel like an asshole. I didn't hear it, actually. Don't like, feel like I, an I asshole. I am followed up. I, I'm going to have to uh, I'm gonna have to check that out, too, man. So, for tomorrow, that and the uh, Deontay Thompson interview. Dude, but, dude I'm I mean, but the guy. The, the guy's like, he's like, you know, he's like the heart of the team, though. He's definitely like, clearly a leader of like the Bills and like has been for his, you know, for like over a decade. I mean, you know, so mad respect for him. Mad respect for Kyle Williams. Yeah, mad love for Kyle Williams. So <laughs> I'm so happy for guys like Kyle. And then you hear Eric Wood was going up and down the sideline like we're going to score. No matter what this team does right now, this team is going to score. The Bills are going to score a touchdown. We need to drive right down the field. That's exactly what they did. And as corny as it might sound, you know, I used to laugh at that shit. Like, oh, rah, 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 leadership, blah, 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 blah. But you know what, man? I picked up, and I talk about this a lot, and I and I picked up adult hockey, and I love playing adult hockey because it's giving me a second wind on applying sports psychology that I hear, and it's like, man, why doesn't this player just get his head out of his ass? Yeah, yeah. Well, sometimes it's kind of hard, and then you know you hear stories about like, wow, so and so is a cancer in the locker room. Well, I, I've dealt with that on my men's hockey teams. Like we on our one team getting it together, we had a couple guys that frankly just. Want to get in fucking fights, man. And, like, we got good guys, like, that our, our friend Eric, who listens regularly, Eric Kuman, great guy. You know, he's a family man, it seems. You know, he posts cute pictures. He's got a family and shit. And I'm like, Eric, why are you on this team? Are you sure? Like, man, we get the first game, we, we play the shooters, and our friend Denny gets suspended for four fucking games, which I had to talk about it getting suspended for a year. And we're skating short, and it's like, man, there's so much drama that happens. And it's like, fuck, man, I just want to put a team together to play some hockey and, and just get better. And and I couldn't get my spot on a team. So it, it's like, man, you get to really understand what these players go through the, because you're physically doing it, and you have even interactions with players. And, and, and I play with groups of people who are really negative, and it doesn't work well. And I play with groups of people who are who are kind of encouraging, and, and your whole team elevates. And then there's a thing of chemistry. And it's like when I think about the offensive line, I think about the people I'm paired up with. If I'm center and I get, go out with the same wings every time, and I know where they're gonna be, and then we could talk about adjustments. I mean, we're you know what I mean? You, you know where they're gonna be. You have eyes in the back of their head. So it's like I can kind of relate that to other parts, whether it's football, fucking monopoly, or goddamn dice. I don't give a fuck. It's all the same. It's all the same pattern. And and it's like, you know, you can make your own parallels. And you could even take your parallels from work. I mean, if you work in a nice encourage, There's a guy I work for, Tom McKilly, that was his, been on the podcast. And he's the reason the podcast exists. Tom McKilly is, is the man, okay? And he's the guy where, like, I was going to leave drive. I was like, fuck this. This is stupid. You know what he did? He saw something in me. And he gave me opportunities to make money. He knew I wasn't going to be cheap, and he knew I felt worth something. He knew I had that kind of swagger going on. And, you know, I was very confident in my work, but I got caught up in the recession. No fucking joke. No fucking joke. I got caught up in the recession, Rodney, and it's like, this dude encouraged me, and I blossomed into being a homeowner, and which I'm kind of proud about, man. I never thought I would do this. You know, I didn't have much money growing up, you know, so it's like, 
You know, if you work with people who encourage you, it can happen. And that's my overall point with this leadership stuff. And this team is playing like a team. Offense bails out the defense. The defense has allowed the offense to, to try to get their shit together. And we saw an offense that looks like we are used to seeing a Tyrod Taylor getting his rushing yards, a Sean McCoy, two touchdowns. Oh, come on. Some some deep throws. Like, let's go. That's what we're liking. Seeing Deion Dawkins coming into left guard, uh, allegedly on accident, but the Bills are saying it was by design and they're homering it up, which, hmm, first things I heard was it was an accident. So, but either way, Cordy Glenn looked like a monster as always. Like, let's go. Trade nobody. Fuck the equity. Yeah. I mean, Rodney, thoughts on everything I've rambled on for six minutes. Dude, no. Like, well, to go to the offensive line, I was watching that, um, uh, the cover one breakdown of that play, too. And that was, that was awesome. Yeah, the, the Dawkins one. And yeah, the t- stuff about like trading Cordy Glenn, I'm just like, no, why, why would we do that? Why would we get rid of this guy? Like, we're building a team. We've got like a solid foundation, I think. For a future team, even if they don't go to the playoffs this year, like I got a lot of confidence in like where the team's sitting right now. That like, you know, let's draft. We've got so many draft picks. Um, and D- Dean and I were talking about this in the back of the van and stuff. Well, I think it was kind of going throughout the whole van, but like just how this is this regime's idea. Like they want to develop the team and build it up through the draft. You know, like get rid of this like ridiculous cap situation that the team was in. You know, a couple years ago, like it's kind of settled out. But this will let us, you know, pick up some awesome, like, first-round picks, like, some real good, like, uh, skill position players or something, maybe, you know. Um, yeah, and just and just build a really durable, long-term, successful team, I think. So that's, that's, that's my pie-in-the-sky, like, kind of vision for the team going forward. I will say, Ronnie, as far as situationally, I don't like to see turnovers without points. That is my big fucking pain okay i do not like to see turnovers without points and if you think that's acceptable it's not it's just not you gotta figure it out okay now everything is relative if you gotta kill some clock sure okay maybe you don't need points but you get the point here you gotta do something advantageous to your team you gotta put something together and i felt like the bills squeaked out of this one they really did and oh, yeah. it, it, you know what I mean? When McDermott tried to get Q, oh, I'm going to fit in three plays. And then the clock runs out. Are you serious? Yeah. And then Tyrod, got to knock Tyrod. You do not throw that ball. Also. Yeah. <laughs> that was like Jordan Massey. That was like one of his two catches on the day, too, was, uh, mm. was that one. But, yeah, like that that was not encouraging. And you're right. You know, you do got to score on the turnovers because, you know, you, you kind of owe it to the defense. Like they just put in the work. You know, it's it's kind of like team building there, too. Again, you know, it's like it lets the defense know that their efforts aren't just going to be squandered. Like the offense is going to help get the team ahead, you know. And they, they could have put it away in the second half there or in the first half there, I think. Um, or really made Jameis get like really reckless. And there might have been more turnovers uh, in the second half. But and, no, that, dude, and that's like, what we talked about on the way up is, is Jameis going to get reckless and, and not not for nothing? Jameis did. <laughs> and, and, and credit credit to the Peanut Tillman guy, man, coming in. They talk about it, talking about this turnover shit. And uh, it's real. It's it's definitely real. And I got to say, the, the team played as a team. I didn't think it was flashy, and you got to win these close ones. I mean, come on, man. The Patriots are having these games gift-basketed to them with these calls, and we see it uh. over and over again. And I feel like the Patriots get the calls early on in the year that we don't think about later on because then they have time to get their shit together. And it seems like the offense is finally – I don't know if Eric Wood or whoever the hell – I don't know if somebody went into the office and said, like, yo, here's what's going to work. Okay, the, they, the, in credit to the coaching staff, I have been ripping them. This is the game where you show me if the Bills can come back off of a bye and show me that you're willing to look at your team and make the adjustments necessary on offense to, to put your team in a good position. And, and for the most part, statistically, they did. Situationally, it still bothered me. But statistically, hey... I, I not we saw some big plays. We we saw the Bills team that we knew was there the whole time. So I really got to give a shout out to the coaching staff on that. Like really good job. 
Like, good job. I don't care that you squeeze it out. I was on the phone with my dad, Numbill's dad, and Numbill's dad, Papa John, was saying, uh, he was like, oh, I'll tell you, the Bills squeezed it out, man. I've been watching him. I watch all six games, and he's a Vikings fan and a closet Jets fan. <laughs> trying to convert his That's ass. Harsh. It's like, Dad, get off. I'm going to get him an iPhone just so he knows. What's your website? Oh, my fuck. He like, tries to tell me, oh, Whaley sucks. I'm like, you know nothing. Huh. <laughs> Who got to laugh? But anyway, so, dude, I'm just going to, like, plug his ass in here one time, Ronnie. You can join if you want. And uh, we'll just plug him in. We'll just get sketchy dad going. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, I-, I-, I thought it was... Uh, I thought it was a dynamite, dynamite game to for if you want hope in the team, if you want hope in the Bills, this is a good game to see offensively. Okay, they came out with a win, and that's a win. That's all that matters is you got the win. I don't care how you got it, mm-hmm. you got the win, and you gave us something to look forward to. Yeah, man, definitely. So, and the, and the, roll, roll yeah. that roll that take into upcoming games. You know what I mean? Like, what do you see with that? Yeah, dude. Well, I mean, I'm not taking anything for granted, right? Because, I mean, everybody's insane. We we were 4-2 and this time last year, and look what happened, you know. But there's something about this team that just seems a little more durable, a little more consistent this year than last year, right? Like, I think we talked about, like, there's no more, like, those stupid, like, block-in-the-back penalties on every single kickoff or something, or kick return. Um, But the next few games, though, like, I think think we can stay competitive with all the teams we have coming up. Like, you know, Oakland, I think they're vulnerable on defense. Um, We can shut down their run game. Like, we we haven't had much of it. I don't think the Bills have had much of a problem with handling any team's run game that much. They haven't been run on. So, you know, make them one-dimensional. And I think our secondary has been able to hold it down. Hopefully, Poyer will be back for it. Um, So, I think we can definitely get the winning against I think we need to. You know, we really got to, if we want to stay relevant in this. And then take that momentum on into the Jets. Again, a winnable game, but I'm not going to take it for granted because the Jets have, they, I don't know, they seem like a little... They've been on a little streak for a bit since we played them. Um, but I don't know. I, we, we can still beat them. And, uh, yeah, and then this, so really, I mean, we got to win at least the next three out of the next four. Like, if we can get to six and two, that'd be, that'd be incredible. Like, then I would maybe start to really, you know, buy in. But I'm not – I'm taking it a game at a time, and I'm really looking forward to the Oakland game. I think it's going to be a really good matchup. Honestly, I think you're exactly right because – no Marshawn Lynch. Now, Marshawn Lynch hasn't been really lighting it up either. So, um, you know, and, and I kind of expected that. I don't expect the guy to come, I don't know, yeah. come in and make that kind of impact. You know, for his style running to get older, you're not going to be as good. I don't know. So, I I, yeah. I I don't give a fuck about a Marshawn Lynch return. I mean, I think it's rad that he would have played. But, no, I don't want to see that. I want a Bills win. Screw all the nostalgia, screw all that. And I think this Bills secondary is set up to handle it. And this Bills defense is set up to handle it. And if you can get Khalil Mack zeroed out, zoned out, let's go, baby. And if you want to put Khalil Mack on the side of Cordy Glenn, are you going to do that? No, probably not. So what can we do? Hey, can we maybe throw Dawkins on the right side? I would love to see that. I don't know if we can do it, but I want to see it. So, uh, I, you know, it's like I think it, he's a space mover. Dawkins looks good. So, yeah. he, you know, I, I don't know if he's great, but he's promising. And, and this is where I really, you know, I would just feel more confident. At the same time, I thought the offensive line did a lot better. So, um, you know, Ronnie, I would like to touch base with you again after this Oakland game at some point too. So even if you want to, you know, have a quick thought or two, because I will say looking back at my notes, you know, I was wondering about from, from the podcast before about the trenches, it's going to start in the trenches, you know, and Mm -hmm. Henderson and and the Miller debate, you know, and, and Dukas. And it's like, you know what I mean? I I thought, I thought the team look came, came out promising. And I'm looking forward to this Oakland game, and, and I'm confident in the win. I, th- I think the Bills are going to win this one. I, I don't want the Bills. Don't worry about. Don't worry about Trey White. It's going to be fine. This coaching staff isn't dumb. Okay, it's been solid the whole time. There's too many smart minds on the defense side of the ball. 
The offense yeah. we were worried about, and look, the coaches made enough adjustments to go, look, um, I'm going to be real with you. Um, let's let's figure this out. And for the coaches and players that actually do that is great. So yeah. shout out to Dennison and the boys and the rest of the players for doing that. And, and, and I have a lot of hope for this team moving forward, Rodney. Dude, for sure, for sure, man. Like... I think we can get it done, you know, so. Well, Rodney, drive home. We get back. We had to part the ways. And I wish we could have podcast after. I think it would have been a little sharper on both of our ends to talk about the game because I sound kind of <laughs> lost right now, honestly. I've lost so many oh, thoughts good. of it. I'm sitting here thinking of a description, and, and it's like, man. Uh, but, dude, it was a pleasure to hang out and to bring you to see what's up. So, um yeah, man. You have a good night. I will shoot you with text, and I'm just going to roll this ad out. So um, thank you so much, Rodney. Dude, thanks a lot, bro. We'll catch up again sometime. All right, bud. See you, bud. Right. Thanks. Right, bye. So that's Rodney. Great dude. Like, really, honestly. I can't say enough good things about Rodney. Um, he was awesome with my friends and um, really respectful, polite. Um, he wanted to throw in for parking and all this other stuff. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You're coming on the pilgrimage, as he called it. You know, so Rodney's Pilgrimage, New Era Field. I just talked out the title and I'm thinking in my head. All right, so thank you for following along. I'm your host, David Palermo. And don't forget, punchdrunksports.com and grandstandsportsnetwork.com. If you want ads, go back to the first three minutes. If you don't like them, I'm sorry. Okay, I'm trying to build something here. Love you all. Follow along. NumbillsFan.com. NumbillsFan. Uh, everywhere. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. And shout out to everybody who listens and follows along. And uh, I love getting texts in from guys like Rob Antonucci. Text me his thoughts and you know, sends me great bills emojis. And I'm going to have him on soon. I can't wait. Because uh, he wants to talk about bringing his kids to the game. So I've railed on that. So he has a has a secret method, okay? And I think it's called great parenting. So I can't wait to do, uh, I don't have kids, but I'm going to get Parenting Advice Podcast with Ryan Antonucci coming to you soon. So insert your party horn here. Um, okay, I'm out. Goodbye.